You're listening to the Create a Life That Is Beautiful podcast with your host, Letitia Ringe, and this is episode number 15. Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to episode number 15 on the Create a Life That Is Beautiful podcast with your host, Letitia Ringe, a podcast designed to inspire, empower, and support you on the journey of creating a life and work that you love, enjoy, and are inspired by, helping you to uncover and discover your truth and purpose in the world. So if you are someone listening to this right now, maybe you're on your way to work or maybe you're on your lunch break or maybe you're on holidays or it's the end of the day. And if you're someone who's sitting there in your current life and feeling like maybe your work is not something that you enjoy, maybe you feel like this is just so stressful. Is this it for me? What am I doing here? I'm so frustrated. I don't feel fulfilled. There's no meaning behind what I'm doing. Maybe you're getting sick often. Maybe you feel like life is just passing you by and all of this is feeling quite uncomfortable to you. Well, the first step is in admitting that maybe what you are living right now is not your path or a true expression of your authentic self. And this is what this podcast is designed to help you by sharing the stories of how other people have found their path. You get to hear how they've discovered what lights them up and maybe that will inspire you on a way that you too can also discover what would be work and a life that fully embodies your authentic self and allows you to feel fulfilled, to discover meaning, and to create that life that you really love, enjoy, and are inspired by. Okay, so before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to let you know that I'm now opening my books for life coaching series to begin in May 2018. This will be either a three-month or six-month coaching series where we would meet once every two weeks for the duration of the series. So if you're looking to embrace your power or purpose, overcome those self-limiting beliefs or behaviors, like fear, and create a life including work that is beautiful to you and lights you up, please have a look at my coaching page over at www.letitiaringe.com forward slash coaching. And you can also check out my Instagram live happening today at create a life that is beautiful, which will explain a little more about what life coaching is how it works, and who it helps. Now, today's guest is personal and purposeful style coach, Rebecca Jacobs. Rebecca works with women who are committed to a thriving life to help them stop settling when it comes to their style. Through her one-on-one styling, speaking, and online group programs, Rebecca is on a mission to change the way we do style, helping more people step out of the pressure and expectations of how they should look and step into their most alive and expressed self. 
Today's conversation is so fascinating because we look at many of the concepts we have explored today on the podcast, but through the lens of style and in finding ourselves through our style. Rebecca first began her career in graphic design before realizing that she just didn't know who she was. And then she used style as her gateway drug to her self-discovery. In this episode, we discuss style and how to move from inauthentic to authentic when it comes to what you wear, why style is so important to the way we feel and how we show up in the world, the link between what we wear and how we feel, people-pleasing and living in performance mode when it comes to style, the quickest way to find yourself, the biggest fear Rebecca sees around style, and the way she defines confidence when you go from being a spectator to a participant in your life and about redefining the concept of failure and so much more. This episode is perfect for anyone who feels like they are living in performance mode, people-pleasing mode, and who have no idea who they really truly are. Rebecca talks in this episode about how she applied to 17 different schools when she was leaving high school because she really had no idea who she was or who she wanted to be and explains how she came to be able to express her truth through style and in the rest of her life. Okay, guys, let's dive in to today's episode with Rebecca Jacobs. Hi, Rebecca. Welcome to the Create a Life That is Beautiful podcast. Hi, I'm so excited to talk to you and be here. I am so excited to have you here as well. So to get us started, could you just let our beautiful listeners know a little bit about who you are and what you are currently creating in the world today? Yeah, okay. Fun question. So I am someone who likes to bring a lot of like vibrancy and playfulness to my life as well as to be really grounded and connected. And one of the ways I really be who I am is through style, which is what I teach now. And that helps me to show up as the person I want to be. And now I help people to use style as a tool to do the same thing. So I have an online program and I work with clients one-on-one to help them show up as the person they want to be and have their style support that. Oh, I love that. And I love that you talk about playfulness and vibrancy, because I think it's just so important to add that element into anything that we're doing. Yeah, it's funny. I've never introduced myself that way. But I was like, the way you asked it, I was like, "Hmm, who am I? And what am I creating? And that's such a big part of what I teach. And that is who I am. Yeah, that's like the foundations. That's what's, you know, um, it's just it's so nice to ask that sort of question. Because we I think a lot of us think about ourselves in terms of who we are in work, and then who we are in our personal life as if they're separate. But mm-hmm. for um, it, when you get to see how they merge and, you know, you are a whole person in work and personal life, you know, there's just you, you're authentic. I think it's actually yeah, a really beautiful sort of realization when you feel like you've got that authenticity coming through in your work life as well. Totally. And I think that's kind of the cool part is that we get to be who we are, like at our essence, and it's not dependent on your work and your title, because that might shift and change and not feel like it's the thing that you truly are, but that's where you're at. And that I, I think we're a lot more 
than that and we can show up to whatever job title or whatever place we're in as who we really are. Exactly. And also the work that we do and the form it takes is always going to evolve. Like what you're doing Mm. today is going to be different in a year, five years, 10 years. So it's really nice to see that we're the constant, you know, in in our work. Yeah. Yes, totally. I think a lot of people can feel like they, um, I mean, some of the older generations talk about, you know, millennials not being loyal to their work, but I think it's actually really beautiful the way that we're operating because it's more about, okay, what is a true expression of myself now? And, you know, we're always growing and evolving so that we're going to change often. Yeah, that we're being loyal to ourselves, maybe more so than people who used to be loyal to their job above being loyal to themselves. Exactly. Yes, we identified so much through our job. So that's so beautiful. And also, I love because you talk a lot on your website about authenticity. And that's what you help with your your clients sort of tap into what is their authentic, I guess, expression of themselves in terms of style. Mm hmm. And The reason I focus so much on the authenticity is because style is one of those areas we were set up to try to be as inauthentic as possible, to make our body look a certain way that might not have anything to do with what our body actually looks like, to appeal and look a certain way, which might not have anything to do with who we are. So in in a like way we've been taught to do style that is so inauthentic and usually more about performance and manipulation and other people's trends, how can we find our authenticity? How can we find ourselves in that? Yeah, so it's really instead of turning outwards to expectations, you're getting people to turn inwards. Yes, oh my gosh, you nailed it. Yes, <laughs> that it really is about the way we've been taught to do styles very much based on what's going on outside of us. We look at what other people are wearing, other people's outsides and try to apply that to us. There's trends, there's everything going on. All, we're told to do style from place of how we look. But that really, my question that got me to doing this work was, what would it look like if instead of taking other people's outsides and putting them on my outside, my outside was just a true extension and a true expression of my inside? What would that look like? Mm. Oh my gosh, that's such a great question. And I think not one that many people would be asking themselves, especially when it comes to style. And it's so important because the way that you dress yourself has such an important um, link to how you feel. You know, if you wear something that's, you feel, I don't know, even if it doesn't yeah. fit, feel nice on your body, it's so uncomfortable and that affects how you yes. act. <laughs> and that's the game. That's what style style is, is that we think it has so much to do with how we look. And that is a small part, like how we look to other people affects how people see us. But that's like the small part of style, like the big 80%, the thing that takes you the, that where you can have the most impact with style is all about how you feel. That when you feel a certain way, you show up differently, you uh, have way more power through style based on how you feel versus based on how you look is just such a small part of that. Mm, that's so interesting. I love that. So let's um, dial it back a little bit to an earlier time now, which is what were you doing before you sort of started doing all of this work you do today so my well my style journey which I guess is very much connected to what I'm doing now started a lot earlier my whole life journey I feel like looking back I was very much in performance mode my whole life that 
Not, not the like on stage way. I was way too shy. I was way too insecure to get up and talk in front of people, but in the way that I just showed up to everyday life, that it was very much a performance based on what I thought would make people like me, based on other people I looked up to and what they were doing. And that was kind of how I went about life was in this performance mode of how can I please the people I'm with now? How can I be more attractive? How can I make people like me? And that was kind of how I lived a lot of my life. And I always had social anxiety and I was always insecure because of it. And that I went to design school, which for graphic design, that was great. But as I was there, I kind of had a really rough experience in one of my later years where like I lost all my friends and I was feeling very alone and I was feeling very much like I didn't have anything left. This whole art of performance that I've been doing hadn't worked out for me. And now I had failed. I had performed wrong. So that was when I was just graduating and starting my graphic design career. And I was in a new environment. I was downtown Toronto at a big uh, internship that I was doing at this big studio. And I felt like I felt like I didn't even know how I got there, that who was I to deserve to be there. I felt like I had nothing to wear. I felt like I looked terrible. I felt like I looked a mess. And I felt like I didn't know who I was and like how I ended up there, that I just bit on this path of just doing what I thought would make people like me. I was really good at math and science, but instead I went to design because that seemed like a more attractive career to be a creative versus being like a nerd was how I thought of it back (laughs) in high school. And then at that point was when my style was the first thing I changed of being like, okay, I can figure this out, this style thing out. And that was when I asked that question I mentioned earlier of, what would it look like? I don't know who I am, but what would it look like if I just made this one part of my life, my style, who I am? Like, what what could that look like? And that was kind of where things started to change for me. And that I went from doing life as a performance to being more intentional. I got rid of so many clothes and I started to find out who I was and get to see myself more clearly through style. And that was something that I did for myself. And then after I did it for myself, I had people ask me about it, the change. They could tell I was different because it was affecting how I showed up because it affected how I feel when I was doing style in a way that didn't feel like a performance, but that felt like an authentic representation of me, which I'd never even felt that way in any part of my life before. And then I started working with my first clients and now it's just kind of grown from there and got me to where I am. That's so cool, the whole uh, self-discovery through style, just through that one element of your life. Yeah, it's really interesting. That was my journey, and it really was style was kind of my gateway drug, my entryway to more self-growth and more of an intentional life that I love. And for a lot of my clients, it works the other way where they've worked so hard to create this life they love and be intentional and they've done so much work and so much self-growth, but they haven't been able to have their style reflect that yet. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really cool the way that these things are connected. And I think there's many more to it than just self-growth and style. There's all these elements of our life where they kind of work in tangent. You can pull on one and it'll make the other one want to grow with it. 
Definitely. That's so true. And also I love that you touch on about people pleasing because I hadn't thought about that in terms of um, what we wear and I'm a big, I'm a recovering people pleaser. And um, a lot of people can relate to that. I think especially women. And when we think about it in terms of our style, it's that, you know, conforming to what the group is doing in a lot of ways. And that's so interesting because um, you talk a lot about authenticity and when we're talking about really finding ourselves and being able to stand in who we are, that it, it makes so much sense that our style would be, you know, an individual expression of who we are as well. Yeah. And I think style, I like to use the term people pleasing because that's such a way to put it is so often we use style to make people more comfortable with our appearance, to feel like we're not taking attention away from anyone else, that we make sure that we're like kept hidden and kept small and make sure that we're not disruptive, that it really is a way that for a lot of women, they're using their style as just another way to people please, to hold the peace, to not be too disruptive or shine too bright. That's so true. And, you know, I'm just reflecting on uh, in my own (laughs) journey when I would, I always loved dressing up and, but you wouldn't want to be too dressed up compared to the people who are around you. But, and then, and so it, well, it depends in what situation it was, but I had a lot where people didn't like to dress up and I found that so just, yeah, a little bit, uh, yeah, I was holding myself back. I'd never thought about it that way. And that's the biggest problem I see. Like we talked about the difference between millennials and the, with our work in style, I think where we've had a big flip is it went from people feeling like they weren't dressed nice enough and wanting to look nicer and look better to now the way bigger, more prevalent fear I see is they're afraid that they're going to look like they tried too hard, that they're going to be too much, that that's so much more of a fear that we've internalized now is that we're going to show up and be more dressed up than everyone else. We're going to show up and look like we tried too hard. And I think that fear really comes from feeling like we're imperfect, we're not enough, and that if we look like we tried, that it feels like we're we're not, we want to feel like we're in on it with everyone else. Like, oh, I know my body's not that great. So that's why I'm not going to do anything that remotely draws attention to it. We don't want to feel like, oh, I was trying to look good and I failed and that's embarrassing. Yes, that's so true. It's like, there's more room for error there. It's, a, it's more vulnerable. There's a risk. Yes. And I hope that we move forward and move through that. That's the work I really do in style is moving through that fear of, trying and caring about your style and then worried that you're doing it wrong to move through that to knowing that the best way you can do style is in a way that feels best and feels most alive and feels fullest to you and that that's what's actually the purpose of style (laughs) not just to keep yourself where you are yeah to contain yourself and also I I just wanted to mention as well you touched on um, about social anxiety and I think when it comes to style that would be something that many people experience uh, just in terms Mm -hmm. of what they're wearing and feeling you know anxious about that and so having being comfortable in the clothes that you're wearing I mean what a difference that can make in social settings where we're you know maybe around people we don't know. And, um, you know, so it's like, it's like when you wear lipstick, you know, you feel confident and that carries through. And that's where I, like, that's how I define confidence is that 
it's about how you feel that you're prioritizing how you want to feel above the risk of maybe getting a negative reaction from someone. Like to me, that's confidence is when you decide that I feel great in this dress, in this lipstick, and I'm going to wear that because I'm choosing how I feel and prioritizing that above potential negative reactions and allowing those to happen and not having it derail your opinion of you because you're wearing lipstick you like, you're wearing a dress you like, you're feeling good and that other people's opinions that you can't control are not going to derail that or take away that from you. Oh, that's so true. And um, so I just also wanted to mention we met um, through Jess Lively doing one of her courses, Life with Intention. And it's really interesting to see because one of the main takeaways I had from that course is, you know, not looking at the outcomes that we're chasing and what we can't control as a result of those and concentrating on how we can um the feelings that we want to feel today and what actions Mm -hmm. we can take today to make that feel so i i really notice a lot of that same um those same concepts being applied to style here because it's really focused on present moment how it's going to make me feel today Totally. And there are so many overlaps. Love Jess Lively and her course was great. And for me, I work with a lot of clients who can't figure out how to apply this intentionality to their style. And I kind of went the other way where I like figured it out in a style module and had so much fun then taking it and applying it to my life. But it's totally a lot of overlaps and where it's about present moment. It's about how you feel today. And it's about what's going to support you today. And sometimes that does change over time that we end up realizing a lot of things that are true about our style. And then we also evolve and change and grow and it transitions with us. And it's really cool to have this alive dynamic thing that is our style that is our closet, just like we're alive, dynamic, growing. So true. And so when you like look back on, let, let's say you imagine yourself back in high school and you're, you know, in your final years of school, would you ever have imagined yourself doing the work that you're doing today? Definitely not the specificity of the work I'm doing today that I wasn't really in a place where I pictured myself supporting others or doing any sort of coaching or anything like that. I did. I applied to talk about didn't know who I was. I applied to like, I think it was 17 programs when I in my last year of high school, post-secondary programs to universities and colleges, because I had no idea what I wanted to do. One of them I applied to was fashion. But to me, the work I do now is not fashion at all, that that would have been like fashion marketing and all about trends and having people creating people wanting to buy things and that's so different even though it sounds similar than the work I do now so So. I think that's so important because look at if you hadn't had the journey that you've taken you know personally and going through this feeling of uh, I don't even know who I am. Um, I'm I'm feeling anxious in social situations about feeling like something was, you know, it, there was a bit of pain involved there. Mm-hmm. If you hadn't been through all of that, you wouldn't have been offering what you do today. Yes, and it's so true. And it's crazy the way I'm so thankful for that now and that it was so hard at the time. But I I don't believe that if I had stayed friends with all the same people I was friends with at the time that I would be where I am now and that I would be as happy as I am now and living a life that's so aligned to what 
what I desire and what makes me happiest now. And it's given me that, which is great, but it's also given me the ability to see that moving forward, that when hard things do happen and things don't go the way I want to, that they're happening for me and that I trust that process because I've seen it in my life that the worst time I would do that five times over to get the resolve I have now. But at the time, it was like months of hardship. I never would have thought that that I would be willing to go through that again. Mm, life is happening for me. Yeah, because it's so... We, if we, we're limited by our past experience. If we, if we're only focusing on what we've, you know, what we can see for ourselves, if we're not using our imagination and we're not, you know, just sort of letting the journey unfold, you know, we're sort of trying to control where it goes. It means we're (laughs) always limited by past experience or what the people around us are doing. Yeah. And that's definitely my like wiring. My default is to very much try to control the outcomes. I was always like, you know, I was always trying to perform. I was always trying to high achieve. And that that's very much my wiring is trying to control the outcomes and get the results I want. And that it's been such a process to realize that I actually am not in control of a lot of the outcomes, but I am in control of how I show up and the actions I take and that to really get my happiness from that, from how I'm showing up every day, not from an outcome or a result. Absolutely. And so is there any advice that you would give your you know, younger self when you think about maybe you in high school? Oh, man. Well, I'm trying to think of where the mix of advice, where I could meet myself, where I was at, because I was not where I'm at now, that the kind of things that are really helpful to me now would have been like, whatever, weird (laughs) lady back then. (laughs) But I'm thinking that if I had a better understanding that the things that matter now aren't going to matter in the future. Mm. And I think that's probably true for a lot of people might feel that way, that everything in high school and middle school, even in university, all these trivial things were so important that I don't even remember now, but were also not important like a month later at the time as well. Um, So I think that would be really helpful. And I think that if I... Yeah, I think that would have been the most helpful. And that if I had done this work earlier, trying to figure out who I was and expressing that instead of trying to perform, if I could have given myself the tools and the words to make that shift, I could have had a much (laughs) happier experience (laughs) through school. Oh, I love that. Yeah. But and then at the same time, I mean, you know, obviously, you can't regret anything that's um, happened, because you probably wouldn't. It's like the sliding doors, you wouldn't be where you are (laughs) today. Yeah. But I think that's such beautiful advice for people. Because at the moment, everything's so magnified and it can feel like, you know, this is it. There's so much writing on, you know, the decision that I make today about something. And that still happens to me today where I find myself in like a thought spiral about something that seems like such a big deal that I have to remind myself that like things like I am not really great at uh, like keeping track of everything going on that like sometimes I just forget about things my email inbox takes a long time to answer and I forgot to pay my rent and I was like freaking out that I was gonna get evicted because it it had been a week and I forgot to pay my rent and I was like in this terrible thought spiral worried I was gonna lose my 
beloved apartment and have to deal with Toronto real estate right now. Uh, and that I knew this wasn't going to matter. I probably wasn't going to lose my apartment. If I was, I would find somewhere else that would probably be better than that would be the reason I lost my apartment. And that these things that can like, we waste all this energy. I was not productive that day when I was freaking out about it, waste all this energy being caught up on something that's not going to matter. <laughs> and that is not like, yeah, that's yeah. just not going to matter. I think that's what uh, most of us are operating on most of the time. These, yeah. you know, just fixation on a particular issue and, and that thought spiral. I love that you use that term because that's what it is. It's just, you know, it starts with one simple thought and a bit of anxiety. And then it's just this constant loop going round and round and round. And yes. what if we just, what if we just parked it to the side and thought instead, you know, it's going to resolve itself. Yeah. And not expect and then, the worst. Yeah. Or took the action that we were empowered to do at that moment. Like, I could have called my landlord to talk things over and find out if I was actually going to lose my apartment or not. But I didn't. Instead, I just, like, sat and sat at it for many hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And just assuming the worst and putting your yeah. body and mind into that state. That's, yeah, I think, I, I mean, yes, totally guilty of that uh, so often. <laughs> but so... Now, if we're thinking about someone who maybe has no idea about what they'd want to do uh, in terms of their work or contribution, um, so maybe they're in a job right now and they just feel really trapped and but they feel like a call for something more meaningful, you know, an expression of themselves, mm -hmm. but maybe they don't know who they are at all. Is there any advice that you would give to that person? Yeah, I mean, I have so much empathy for being there because I've been there and because there's been so many people in my life who are there right now. Um, and that I think there can be a lot of pressure to figure out what you're supposed to do, what's your calling, what you're passionate about. But I think we need to focus less on the be all end all of what you're going to do and focus on how you can show up right now, wherever you are in a way that makes you proud and that a way that you feel fully expressed. How can you be the person you want to be in whatever setting you're in now? And then I think that's how we learn about ourselves is by being more of ourselves, And that's how we end up being able to make better decisions for ourselves is by actually expressing and being a fuller embodiment of who we are in our essence. So it, instead of focusing on what you think you should be doing or what you could be doing, focus on who you are now and trust that through taking that action and that if you get an action, because a lot of the time when we're not sure what we want to do, we sit in inaction and we sit in watching and thinking. And I don't know that if you take action from who you are and what feels aligned to you, that if you put your all into something, that's how we actually end up figuring out. Even if you put your all into the wrong thing, there is no wrong thing, that that will be what will guide you to the next thing. But that really, if we show up fully and put our full selves into something, I think that's how we learn what we're going to do next. Yeah. And you've really touched on getting to know who you are as a person. And I think that when we're, when we're in that situation and I was there and this is why I do the work that I do today because I, I really felt so trapped in that situation for such a long time. And instead I was looking at 
outside of myself again for all of my mm-hmm. answers rather than turning inwards to discover who I was. And it was only when I surrendered to that process and said, fine, I start from the beginning and take away everything that I thought about who I was and really started to do, yeah, uh, well, okay, let's put aside every, every single thing that I thought was me and start from the beginning again a blank slate, who am I, which is kind of sounds a bit similar to what you did in terms of style Mm -hmm. that then catapulted you on your own self-growth journey. But yeah, it's that turning inward for the, probably for the first time for many people. Yeah, it definitely was for me in my journey, but that was my first turning inward. And I love how you put it there. The visual I always have is like being like a part, like a, being like a spectator at a sports event, how you're just watching thing action happen in front of you. And then the difference between that of like sitting and watching people do things in front of you and people's lives change to you. What would it look like if you got up and started moving? You're probably not going to look like the athletes in front of you, but if you got up and started moving, like what does that look like when you go from being a spectator to a participant? Yeah. Oh, that's, that's fantastic. I love that. And also what you're sort of touching on as well is about taking, you know, the next inspired action rather than just taking an action and which is all, which is about intention as well. But what are you inspired to, what action are you inspired today to take? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's ideal. I I know that for me, a lot of the time, the inspired action was a hard place to get to. So I think any action helps you to reveal what your next inspired action might be. But I think if you can tune in and really figure out what intuitively you want it, what intuitively action you want to take, that is even more powerful. Yeah, I, you. T- that's a really, really, really good point because you need the momentum. Yes. The momentum is so important. Yes, I, I'm just, yep. In anything that, in any project you've got, not just, you know, discovering your life's work. Um, So (laughs) any project, you know, you can start out and feel really, you know, frozen because you don't know what the next step or action is. But just taking any step can be so helpful to getting, yeah, the ball rolling. It's the momentum. Yes. Yeah, momentum. That's a great way to put it. I always think of it like, I just want to get there faster. Like if I'm going to fail, I want to fail. And I am. I want to fail like, now and then I want to fail immediately after that like I want to just get where I'm going faster because like I want to spend more time doing something I love and feeling lit up and kind of get through that stages same with my business I'm making that work it's something where like instead of wanting to figure out what the best path is for me I just want to take the next action that's build the momentum and that just get to that failing point so I can drop things off sooner yeah well with failure how did you what was your relationship like with when in terms of failure well for most of my life it was like life or death like failure was the worst thing that could happen it was very hard for me I was very high achiever I was very aware of like I went out and would want to get a job and I would do everything to get that job and that failure was something that was like felt like not an option. And if it did happen, that it was awful. So that was how I viewed failure for most of my life. And that now failure isn't really, it's funny, I just did another podcast interview that was all about failure. And I realized that it was really hard for me 
now where I'm at to look at anything in my life as a true failure because I don't really feel like failure is even something I relate to anymore because I'm, I know what results I ultimately want. Like for my business, I know ultimately that I want it to be profitable and I want it to help people. And I'm still in that game that I can't actually fail at that until I give up and I'm going to stay in the game and commit to the result that I ultimately want, not commit to like the one task of, oh, I need to grow my Instagram followers to 10,000 to get there. That I, I could look at that as a failure, but I don't because I'm not committed to that result. I'm committed to the ultimate result that I really care about. Mm. So I think that failure isn't something we have to deal with if we commit to just staying in the game and try, if it's a result we really want to only commit to those, the ones that are meaningful and the ones that actually matter. Mm. And then just know that we're going to stay in the game and try a different action to get us there. That's so great because, I mean, failure has some very negative connotations. I know for myself, I wanted to do anything possible to avoid failure. And it was that I wanted to do everything perfectly. And totally. It was too, there was yes. too much risk in failure. But when I started to become friends with failure and actually see it as a learning opportunity and also as inevitable <laughs> that that, you, that yeah. there would be failure and that it was a good thing, not a bad thing, um, because that might lead you, you, you learn something and then that leads you somewhere else. That was a yeah. complete game changer for me. So that fail fast attitude that you have, I think is really important for any of our listeners out there. Who are, um, who are too scared to take the next step and whatever that is, you know, it's more important to have the learning um, no matter what because that's going to present the next option for you. And right now when you are too scared to take any action at all, you're just in the same position. Yeah, which if we're thinking about like what seems like a more accurate definition of failure, that to me seems way worse to have no more knowledge, have taken no more actions, have nothing more than what you have right now. Like that seems like such a worse spot to be in than than what you just said of having that learning and knowing what your next step is going to be. Exactly. And also uh, when it comes to how we do things, it's really hard to know what all the options are. Like you were talking about your with um, social media, if you're if the result that you wanted was to get to a certain amount of followers that's but your but what you actually want is to help people and have a profitable business well you know who knows what's going to happen with instagram for starters so if you put all your eggs in that basket then that could be a problem but also there could be other options that present themselves and when you're fixated on just one particular way of doing something you miss the other opportunities yes Yes, that's so true. And that's something I see us and like myself included that we always fall into where we don't actually we say we're committed to this outcome that we want. Like we're we say we're committed to our business being profitable, but then we actually somewhere along the way start committing to something else above that. That we commit to the number of Instagram followers we want. We commit to something else. And then as soon as we commit to that 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 strain that takes us that something different that we get hung up in the how we're actually not committed to our end result anymore because now we're committed to whatever result having 10,000 Instagram followers would bring me. And that I think that we forget we have options and that when we stay focused on what we're truly committed to creating for ourselves, 
we can't fail, that there is no way to fail because we're just going to explore another option whenever an option doesn't work. And that's how we get there faster. Mm, I love that. And it's all about knowing what your, your real intentions actually are. And I think, you know, I love to remind myself that if my intentions are genuine, then the results will come because I'm focusing on those. It's, it's all about the energy that you put into something. That's what you get back. I believe anyway. Yeah. I believe that too. I it like in my terminology, the way I usually see it is I love how we have all these same themes and then these like different worlds that we express them through. So cool talking to you. Um, but the way I always look at it is if you show up as yourself, which has to do with style, but also has to do with your energy, the actions you take, that if you're showing up as you, you're going to get where you need to go. And that it's when we get stuck in performance mode, like I was for a lot of my life, get stuck in people pleasing, get stuck in inaction out of fear. That's when we our results aren't guaranteed. But if we show up as ourselves and show up as our best self and show up as our authentic self, that the results are guaranteed that we're going to get there. Mm, That's so beautiful. I love that so much and absolutely agree. And so I just wanted to change things slightly now and ask you one of the, I know that you're, you like to keep more, more of a capsule wardrobe. Am I right with that? It's a bit more minimalist in your style. Yes, I'm definitely more minimalist. I'm not capsule wardrobe and like where the internet is at with capsule wardrobe, but yeah, definitely more of a minimalist spin of, which comes from not trying to have a specific number of pieces or like do all my shopping for a season at once. But that comes from realizing that I always want to be wearing the thing I most want to wear and that there's actually not 40 tops out there that I love equally. There's like 15 that I absolutely adore and would always feel my best in. So that's where the more minimal approach comes from, believing that I always, if there's something I'd rather be wearing, I'm going to be wearing that. So let's just not keep any of the things that would be second tier. Yeah, that's great. And have you, do you find there's just so much more freedom than with having fewer options as well? So much more freedom. I like that you asked that question because that's not something that people would necessarily jump to that less equals more freedom. But I think it is in a lot of ways that when I have less uh, pieces crowding my judgments or starting the day off with just even those extra couple seconds it takes to go through, flip through more clothes or that extra decision making power that like lightening all that up and having where it's really easy and effortless to put an outfit together that I feel great in and part of that is because I have less stuff and because the stuff I have is the right stuff really clears up so much freedom in the rest of my life that it just allows me to show up as my best self faster and easier and have more energy, have more space for everything else and have more freedom. Yeah, exactly. I, I tried the capsule wardrobe and when I moved from Sydney to London and I had to basically like you know, I could only move over with one suitcase. So you were sort of forced to do that. And then I just enjoyed so much having fewer items. And I found in terms of decision making, because I don't have all of this sort of fluff in the way, yeah. I could, it, I felt so much more free. It yes. really was liberating. Yes. And you nailed it that it's like all this stuff in the way is what a lot of the way we interact with our closets right now is that there's like all this stuff in the way where there might be something we feel really good in, but we have to like 
see the top that we never cut the tags off that we feel really guilty about buying, see the, the jeans that actually don't fit us anymore because we gained weight and we have to have all those thoughts before we get to the things that make us feel good. And then the things that would make us feel good don't even make us feel that good because now we're thinking about how we wasted money and gained weight and it's all the stuff that gets put in the way of us feeling good when we have a lot of things that we shouldn't have anymore. Oh, that's so true. Yes, I I can't encourage enough having some form of a capsule wardrobe. I also don't limit myself to a particular number, but I do just basically um, remove anything that I don't absolutely love. And I try to keep it as, you know, minimal as possible. And it's been so amazing to do it that way. Awesome. Yes. Yeah. I think you're doing it right. (laughs) uh, Yeah, me too. So, um, Rebecca, is there, I always love to ask, this is a question I usually ask people when I, you know, meet them instead of asking, um, you know, who are you and what do you do? I love to ask, what are you loving at the moment? Oh, oh my gosh. Okay. (laughs) Loving Queer Eye on Netflix, (laughs) which everyone should watch. It is one of my favorite things I've watched in a while. And also Tan and I share some overlapping style views so you can learn a bit from him. Yeah, loving Queer Eye. I'm Marie Kondoing my house right now or KonMari method, I guess is the right way to say that. My house right now. So I'm enjoying that. Um, I'm pretty minimalist when it comes to the rest of my stuff, which is why a lot of my friends and family were like, what? You have no stuff. I don't understand. (laughs) But I already have boxes of things that I'm getting rid of and it feels so good. And yeah, I'm also loving going to the gym every day. I did yoga every day for about a year and then I switched to strength training and I have been loving that and loving get to see how strong my body is, how I can push my own strength, how it's always my, my body's always there to support me and it's my head that wants to bail. And it's been really cool to learn more kind of mind mastery because my body is capable of it. It's my head that wants to bail. So those are three things I am loving right now. Oh, I love that point about strength training and yeah, it's your mind that wants to fail. That's so true. And it's yeah. so beautiful to feel to with strength training, to be able to see how you improve. Mm-hmm. It's so cool. I've never experienced it like that before in my life because I've never been able to, well, when it comes to workout specifically, I've never been able to hold down a workout routine because it was always based on changing my body. That was the, I was like, why other reason do people exercise? Obviously it's just so I like look thinner and have a nicer butt. Like what else, what else would there be for exercising? So that now I do it because I realize it changes how I feel every day that when I've exercised in the morning, my entire day is better. My energy is better. My focus levels are better. So I exercise purely for how I want to feel. And because of that, it's allowed me to, I, I want to go every day. It's not a struggle. It's not a decision. It's not a, a chore. It's just something that like, I want to go. So I do go and I make it non-negotiable, something that I honor for myself. And I've never been able to get to see myself improve because I've never held on to any routine as long as I'm able to now that I do it from that place of how I want to feel every day. Mm. So it's very cool. Yep. And focusing on how you want to feel is so liberating because you can't really, like in the moment, if you're asking yourself, okay, I want to feel, you know, energetic, then um, the actions 
uh, become more obvious because, you know, going to the gym, you know that you're going to feel more energetic after going because you're shifting that energy around. And yeah, I love seeing movement as a way to express that energy inside me rather than focusing on, as you said, the outcome of just looking good, which, um, yeah, it's, it's, we aren't in control of how we're going to look as a result yeah. of exercising again. So it's about focusing on what you can control, which is about how we feel. So I love that example. Yeah. And then just my other question for you is, are there any rituals that you use on a daily basis or routine? I just like the word ritual mm. um, or just, you know, on a regular basis. Well, I'm big on my morning routine, which involves going to the gym now, but I always get up and I make a cup of coffee um, and, you know, like have like a little scale and hand grind the beans. So it's like extra delicious coffee. And then I said, I'm like a morning person too. So I get up like very early and have lots of space and time in the morning. And then I'll sit, I'll light some Palo Santo. I'll kind of sit with my coffee or meditate and just like take some quiet time. And then that's how I really like to start my days every day. Then I'll work on whatever my most important task is, which I just love doing it in that state when I'm fresh and when I'm clear and it's focused and it's quiet in the morning. And then I'll go to the gym and kind of press reset and be ready to do the rest of my day after that already having done what my most important task is. And that's kind of how I've had my morning set up for a while now. And I'm like big fan of the morning time and that little ritual. That's so great. And how satisfying is that to be able to start your day having done the most important task to you and having that out of the way at the beginning of the day? Yeah, it's so great. And then after I go to the gym, it feels like I like it feels like I've reset and haven't done any work that it feels like I did that task like for free. (laughs) Like it didn't even take any energy yet. That's so great. And then you go to the gym and then you get your energy levels like back up again. Yeah. And then you go to the next one. That's really fantastic. I, I also do something similar with doing the most important task at the beginning of the day or, you know, that's the plan every day. And I think because you set yourself up with having lots of space in that morning part, that's also making space for creativity to flow through in whatever you're doing for that important task because one thing that I've really noticed is that for creativity in general, we have to make time and space for it because it Mm -hmm. is a, it is a feminine energy and it requires less action, more space. Yeah. That's a beautiful way to put it. Mm. Yeah. For me, I realized that when I was, had my business and working a full-time job and just like, was trying really hard to achieve a lot in my business at that time, I realized that if I could feel anything, this was maybe about a year ago now, if I could feel anything, I just wanted to feel more space. Like I felt like my schedule was so tight. I was waking up at 4.30, jumping on bed on the dot, doing this until this, doing that until that. And then I just really wanted more space. And for me, we can always put stuff in our mornings. Like it can be harder if you have kids and stuff, but you, you can always get up earlier if your body allows you to do that and mine does that spacious was really like one of the core desired feelings I really want to create for myself that I wasn't experiencing right now and then I decided that it kind of had to start then it didn't have to start when I could quit the full-time job when I took my business full-time when my business was successful enough that that feeling of spaciousness had to start there and I think it's really and making it start now I think has supported me to get a lot farther along <laughs> than I would have got when I was feeling deprived all the time 
Absolutely. And less creative, like you mentioned, because of it. Yeah, absolutely. I love that you focused on how can I bring spaciousness into my life today, given my, you know, everything that's happening today, my circumstances. Because, mm-hmm. and if you look at this from like a law of attraction point of view as well, when you start focusing on spaciousness today, that does attract more opportunities for space in your life because simply you're just aware of them. Like you're looking for more space. So it's, yeah. uh, it's just that's where your attention is so that's yes. so beautiful I think that will help a lot of people listening uh, focusing on what you can create today in terms of how you want to feel yeah and yeah. that like life starts now like that's part of been kind of the second phase of that has been realizing that I have all these routines like the morning routine I just mentioned and my I work hard on my business and I always show up for myself and get dressed every day in a way that feels good. And like, I have all these like self care things in place. I have my business in place. And that for a while, it felt like I was kind of don't want to use the word slave. That feels, that feels a little strong, but I was kind I existed to like do those things. Mm. And then my more, more recent flip has been realizing that everything in my life exists for me, that the reason I do those self-care things is to help me feel how I want to feel now. The reason my business exists is so that I get to feel good and get more joy out of life. And that like that, that taking my life to happen for me, like starts now. It doesn't start when I'm more successful, when I've been at this longer, any of that, that we really get to take that power back now. Mm, Yeah. It's so empowering. And you're, you're in control. Like you, at any point you could decide to um, stop the business. You can decide not to do any of the self-care work. You are in control of every single thing that you do. And I, I always like to see it as, um, when I was felt like I was in the passenger seat of the car Mm -hmm. rather than the driver's seat. And that was when life was happening to me, not for me. And I, uh, that was very disempowering, but then to, okay, now I'm going to be in the driver's seat of my life and taking back the reins. That means I make the decisions that are important for me, you know? Yeah. And that sometimes that means you break. Well, for me, I'm like, I'm like a, ENFJ. So I got like the J I'm like the type a, that it was really easy for me just to feel like I had to like do all my things. And now I, now that I'm like in the driver's seat, I'm able to sometimes make a judgment call that I can actually let those things go. I can stay up later than usual because I'm doing something I actually really want to be doing at nighttime instead and kind of loosen up and get to enjoy my life (laughs) a little more now. Yep. Yep. Live in the moment. Yes, (laughs) exactly. Okay, well, my last question for you, Rebecca, is just what is in store for Rebecca Jacobs in 2018? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yes. So definitely some exciting things that I don't know about yet. Um, For me, I'm going to be running my program again, which is called Style and Alignment, which is my group online style program that really helps you to take style as something that is confusing, that is overwhelming, and really figure out what your authentic express style is, like we talked about today. And then have that be something that's accessible and something that is built out into your life and really integrated. It's an amazing program that I only run a couple times a year. And the next time I open it, I'm not exactly sure when that'll be yet, but I'm going to be doing something extra special with it, changing things up a little bit. Um, I will also be making a lot of YouTube videos. People can find me over there. One of the things I 
committed to was doing a weekly one. And it's really cool to get to make all these, this content and get to challenge myself and push myself to be show up regularly for it because it feels good when I do show up and yeah, run some free challenges and then enjoying my life in the city of beautiful Toronto that I love and live in. Oh, that sounds so wonderful. And yeah, I love like all your videos are so well done and they're so fun. You oh, really thank you. That element of fun into it. And I think you can have so much fun with creating um, videos. They are really like, if you concentrate on the fun element, it's yeah, they can be, I've had so much fun creating my own recently. So I'm just uh, thinking about that. But thank you for doing those because they are just, they really do, I think, lift up the people who watch them. Oh, thank you. That's so beautiful to hear. And that's exactly what I would like. Yes, perfect. Well, I'm so excited to see how everything continues to unfold for you. And I just wanted to say thank you so much for coming on. It's been so wonderful to talk to you. And I can't wait for some of our listeners to check out what you do, because I think it's really just important work. And um, I've just loved watching your journey unfold. Oh, thank you so much. It was such a pleasure to talk to you. And yeah, we'll probably put those links in the show notes, but you can just Google Rebecca Jacobs style and I'm sure something will come up for you. Thanks so much for having me on. So there it is, my friends. And Rebecca, thank you so much again for coming on the podcast. I hope you enjoyed being inspired by Rebecca about her self-discovery through style. I think it's so powerful to think about the power in what we wear. I was just talking in Instagram, uh, or on Instagram rather, the other day about a moment I had with a friend recently who mentioned that if I was still doing the work I was doing before um, in the corporate world where I worked as a lawyer and then a consultant, that I probably wouldn't been have been able to express myself in the way that I like to when it comes to my clothing. And if you don't know what that means, I really enjoy wearing floral dresses. So that is my jam. And I really thought about this because I always like to think about how we can express ourselves because any constraint on how we can express ourselves, like think about it when, you know, we weren't in the back in the day, you know, as children encouraged to speak or as women encouraged to speak. So we contain all of this within us and then we feel like we're going to implode. We need to be able to express whatever our truth is, and that can be in so many different ways. And one of those is creatively and through our style. And I thought that was so interesting. If you are in a position where you can't express yourself truly the way you want to when it comes to your style, then perhaps that path isn't the right one for you either. Or it could be, you know, if we're talking about work, it could be the right role, but maybe it's not the right environment because you need to be able to express yourself in the way that you want to. And that encourages creativity, inspiration, and of course, confidence. To connect with Rebecca, head over to RebeccaJacobs.style and she also has a free guide to finding your style and I will pop that over in the show notes so you've got the link. The show notes to this episode are www.LetitiaRinge.com forward slash Rebecca Jacobs. You can also connect with Rebecca on Instagram at Rebecca.Jacobs or on YouTube at RebeccaJacobs hyphen style. So 
What's going on at the moment in my life? Well, I'm currently in Auckland for our Beautiful You Coaching Academy Inspiration Day, which is very, very exciting. And I will be exploring the beautiful city of Auckland for the first time. So wish me luck. If anyone is interested in exploring the one-to-one coaching with me or finding more about what a life coaching series actually is, make sure you connect with me on Instagram at create a life that is beautiful. You'll see my Instagram live happening today and also check out that coaching page on my website, letitiaringe.com forward slash coaching. And of course, guys, as always, if you haven't yet left a review on iTunes, I would be so grateful if you are finding any value in these episodes, if you could please let us know exactly what you think and share that love around. So have a wonderful week and I will be back next week with another inspiring conversation to help you unlock your truth and purpose and create a life that is beautiful to you.